Welcome back to Opinions. So this is part two of our Goose Island special. Um, if you're here, you've hopefully already listened to part one, where we've drunk some amazing beers. We've had Goose Island 312, uh, we've had the IPA, and we've had the Brewery Yard Stock Pal Al as well, which Martin, you particularly loved. Yeah, I loved it. Still disappointed we shared it. Let's not do that again. Okay, uh, greedy man. Um, there are four of us around the table though, so who's here with us tonight? Hey guys, so yeah, Josh again from uh, Goose Island Brewery. Uh, I'm the European brand ambassador. So look after events and, and um, you know, trainings in Europe. Uh, not from the States, actually from South Wales, which you might not pick up from accent either. But um, yeah, that's me. Uh, my name's Johnny Tyson. I'm the beer knowledge and education manager for Pioneer. Uh, we look after Goose in the UK and Europe. Uh, and I look after all the training and, uh, and knowledge for the company. Okay, so, so in part one of, of this, uh, what's becoming an epic show, um, we did discuss um, the, the first poll that, that we ran with you guys, uh, that we ran on Twitter this week, which was around the decision behind Goose selling to, to, to ABI. Um, we had some chat around that. We've got, we, we ran three polls uh, as part of this particular episode and, and we're going to cover the, the following two polls in, in this half of the show but, but to get us to that we, we need some lubrication so, so what have you got for us now? Yeah well I've got a couple of beers let's, let's grab Hullier so what I've got is actually is one of our, our sour sisters so we, we have five sour sisters um, Hullier starts her life as a saison primary in fermentation and then what we do is we actually put her into uh, wine barrels which are inert uh, and then we'll go through a secondary fermentation with uh, some Britannomyces and about 55 pounds of fresh peaches and we'll age her for about 10 months so really taking on those nice notes that you'll get those barnyard notes from from the wild yeast uh, she comes in around 7.9 percent um, and, and all of our sour sisters uh, names the, the names are all after women and they have have uh, sort of um, stories behind them so you know one that we have Gillian Gillian Anderson she used to work at our brew pub in Clybourne before she became famous it was a beer that was brewed for her by Greg Hall, um, you know, great, great beer as well. But Holly is actually, a, I guess, a sad beer in a way, but it's a beer of remembrance. It's a Hawaiian translation is, is to, to remember a loved one. So one of our brewer's uh, best friends actually actually died to cancer and, and her favorite fruit was a peach and she always wanted to brew beer with it. So this was a beer that we brewed back a few years ago in memory of her. But, um, you know, let's try it. It's, it's a fantastic Says on with a bit of breath, and um, yeah, I'm just going to open that up. Uh, while you're doing it, when you say inert barrel, does that mean the barrel's giving nothing to the beer? Exactly. So it is just a vessel. Yes. So you could put it in any vessel. You or could do, but I, but I think, but I, you know, with a lot of the barrels, the um, a lot of the barrels that are used, they, can, they do two things. Some of them contain, uh, um, you know, traditionally would have contained bread yep. in the barrels. Uh, very hard to get rid of completely. You can't completely sterilize a barrel. It's it's very, you know, that's been used and it's out. It's very, very hard uh, to do. But also barrels also allow kind of a micro amount of oxidation. So rather like wine aging in a barrel, part of that aging process is, is the transference of oxygen in and out of the barrel. Um, and the barrels uh, and the barrels can do that. The, the wood contracts and, uh, and expands. Uh, but it's in a very, very slow way that helps um, gen very gentle aging, exactly like we would with wine. Okay, so although it's inert, there's still a rationale for and it's, using yeah. the barrel. It's inert in the way the oak from the barrel, whatever barrel you're using, gives absolutely no flavour to the beer. And obviously, you know, and it's a great time to say that historically, all barrels used in brewing 
uh, would have been aged in the sun, uh, they would have been boiled or various other methods of cleaning them before they were used as barrels, specifically because brewers historically did not want to have any flavour coming from the wood into, into the beer. Okay, well I suppose before we get on to uh, poll two, let's have a go at this one. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Do you think it has more of a Brett nose than the brewery are from the last episode or less? Less. Yeah. Definitely less. Yeah. Definitely less. I mean, the peach is a bit yeah. punchier. It's, it's kind of, it's coming alongside the breath and the aroma. Ooh. I mean, it's, as you were going through the description, most people that have listened to, to, <laughs> to, to, to previous shows will know that you pretty much describe everything that I hate in a beer. Um, so, so this, this is Brett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely the Brett farmyard, saison, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ev 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 everything. It's just, it's just ticking all the wrong boxes for me. Yeah. Um, Although you did do a peach in your collaboration beer for the last beer o'clock show. We we did, yeah, and I we we sat there and we actually peeled a certain amount of peaches. Um, that peeled? Did we peel them or stone them? I don't, I don't know what, what you do what, with peaches. What do you do? How, how do you get them? We didn't, we didn't so, peel so them, so we got the stone out. Originally, you know, so we use uh, Quick Farms, a local farm that we use in Michigan, uh, that supply one of our fruit. So we, we still put the pith and everything in, but all the fruits that we used were as they were full and stuffed in, which took a lot of time. Everything's still hand done at Goose as well. We still put hand put in the fruit for the bunghole, but now luckily they, they, they process it for us, they break it down. But there's still the pith, every, you know, the stone is still in So there. everything's used? Everything's used because actually stone adds a very interesting flavour. When you put peach stone in, you can almost sometimes you can get that um, almost like an almondy, like, like, an almondy. like cherry stones in the cherry in the Madame Rose. We oh, get well, yeah. Thank fuck, that's not coming through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not being a massive fan. Of, but no, I'm finding that. I mean, in in terms of the flavour, that's that's just really really sweet. It's it is. You get those sweet. peaches yeah. really 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 yeah. dancing. But there's not much sugar in there. Because Brett is a, is a natural sugar, sugar and oxygen scavenger. So, yeah. you know, Brett will eat sugars that um, Saccharomyces, normal ale yeast and, uh, and our yeast as well, they can't have. They can't yeah, eat. Because what so. you've managed to avoid is anything like the, because sometimes if too much fruit is used, you almost get like a syrupy yeah. context and texture to it, don't you? And th this definitely hasn't We got just that. want to impart the flavour without, without the sweetness, which is what we get. Um, and, and actually, the, you know, we could do a whole episode on beer and food pairing. Migration week, we did a beer and food pairing with this beer, which was, um, what did we use? It was a- um, Creme brulee. It was a creme brulee. And it was fantastic, because it was a really rich creme brulee, and it kind of brought a little bit more of the bread out of the beer, and the peaches just absolutely shone through, mm. and it just- You arrived it up there, didn't they? Yeah. You've, got, you've got more of a sweet tooth than I have. Pretty it's much one, one of my favorite pairings. Yeah. And what's an amazing thing that beer can do, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, mm. but I used to work as a sommelier in a wine trade in restaurants, but something that amazing that beer can do is you can get a dry beer like this uh, and have that with a sweet dessert. You can't, it's really, I've, I've yet to have a dry, a dry wine with a sweet dessert and for it to work. You always have to have really, really sweet wines like Sauterne and Tokai and ice wines and things like that. With beer, you can have this amazing, refreshing beer with your really rich, sweet dessert. And it's an amazing thing that beer can do with a when you're looking at beer and food pairing. It's incredibly versatile. And even if you're having a dinner with wine in it as well, finish with a beer like this and a, and a sweet dessert like creme brulee. It's absolutely amazing. Note to self, we'll do the food and beer pairing with these two as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a very dry so, finish to, to, to it, which which works really well. Yeah. It, it balances out to the last beer that we did. Oh yeah, definitely, uh, because like I well. say, the bread, the bread is less 
and that, that probably is because of the sweetness coming through as well. But even just on the nose, there's less of the uh, like the Belgian funk, yeah. for want of a better phrase, coming through. Yeah. Opinions, 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 opinions. Okay, the second poll we put out on Twitter, uh, the question was, does big beer ownership impact on your buying decisions? Um, this one got a lot of votes. This was 223 votes, and we had yes at 57%, we had no at 32%, and we had don't care at 11%. We, now, we did actually have a couple of people comment as well that surely no and don't care are the same thing. And, and I was like, really? Do, do we need to get, get into that yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah. I, I disagree with that. I mean, uh, I, 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 I disagree with that. Is, so I think, me yeah. too. Because no is a definite decision. Don't yeah, know yeah, is, yeah. I don't care either way. Yes yeah, or no. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had, a, we, again, we had a, quite a few comments. Um, and just go a few, through a few of the brief ones we had. So Luan Brew, who again is a, is a regular contributor to the show. To an extent, I'll try to pick indie beers where possible. I certainly drink less mean time or candy than I used to. And that was echoed by a few other people. Yes, our blog, Miles Lambert, Essex Baller, and Bob Maxfield all said fairly much the same thing. Uh, Guy at Brew Guy, it definitely does. We buy you out, change brew, drop the gravity. Market does want it more, shut the brewery, don't buy it. So very much in the, it affects his decision-making process. Um, Stephen Lamond, beers I've known, not always, but I bear it in mind. And, uh, one which will probably link in a bit more to what we come to at the end. Um, Mark Graham, sorry for going on, but it'd be great to see how many people who answered yes would turn down Goose Island, Bourbon County Stout. So many people would answer yes to this in America, but turn up every year queuing outside their local store for Bourbon County. So there, there's a couple of more bits to say on this, but I think it's uh, you know time for you guys to have your opinion on this one. Yeah, I, I think for me, um impacts my decision it, it all depends on, on the beer that comes out at the end of at the end of the brewing process um, you know if, if, if I've tasted beer it's great for me who owns it who, who's acquired it whatever it, it doesn't really matter for me it's about the quality of that beer if you do have a brewery acquisition where you know you look to the, the extreme the recipes have been changed been watered down of course I'm gonna be the same person to be like I'm not a fan of that if, if that ever happened to us to goose arm beer I wouldn't be here that's not something that that, you know, we, we've had five years, this is not what the, the acquisition is about, um, the partnership's about, you know, yeah, it's quite simple for me, I want to drink great beer, um, but, but also for me, the choice is more, do I want to drink local, or, that, that's probably where my decision comes in, if I want to drink something local, because I've gone to Leeds for the day, or I've gone to Manchester for the day to visit the area, oh, personally I will drink local for that day, because I've gone to that area, I want to see what the beer scene is like. And you can't buy something it, you can't it, buy in London. Yeah. yeah, it almost depends on my mood for that day. It's the same as what is your favourite beer. You are going on that, you know, I, I like drinking darker beers in the winter. For me, if I go to a local area, of course I want to drink local beer because mm. that that gives them their, their identity. Would I turn down, um, you know, so, some of the other the bigger own brewery beers that I enjoy? No, I, I wouldn't because I still enjoy them. So I think it's how it comes out. How it's it what comes out in your glass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it comes out crap one week, then um, I'll stop drinking yeah. it. I think I, I think a lot a lot of people said that as well. That there were a lot of comments in terms of uh, as long as the beer is good, people are happy to drink it. And and if if there's if there's a drop in quality, that's when when people start to to, to question whether or not they want to drink that beer anymore. 
I think sometimes you know when we when we get feedback through things like Twitter, you know the, the fee, you know when people say yes, it's changed, yes, it's different, and, and we know the reality is that the the recipe, the quality, you know the taste panels have all maintained that this is the same tasting beer uh, that it ever was. Um, you know, uh, I've spent my life in uh, much of my life working in in wine and and beer. And done lots of exams, which all are about blind tastings. I wonder if you blind tasted the people on it, would they still perceive that, or is it part of that? You know, oh well, the sort of sway of opinion is that we don't like big beer getting into this area, but whatever. So therefore, I'm I am i am not going to sit around a you know a campfire and drink my beer when I'm a camping trip, going, you know what, it hasn't changed because everyone else is saying it has. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's an element of that. Um, when you talk to the brewers and you look, it's the same yeast, and you see the flavor panels, the lab analysis that these beers go through. I can't imagine there'd be many beers around the world that go through more analysis to ensure that they do taste the same and the quality is totally top-notch and, and consistent the whole way through than, than many than the Goose Island beers, to be honest. Uh, where, where do you sit on this one, Steve? I think it's, it's a difficult one. I've, I, I've got to say, um, I've, I've probably not been as bothered as, as some people have about who's bought beer and who owns beer now i mean I, I i certainly wasn't up in arms when when camden sold their stake i it, i was ambivalent when meantime sold their stake and and to, to me it's just like yeah i, I think i'm gonna err on the side of if, if the beer is good then then it's good i'm not i'm not gonna stop buying a beer because of who owns the company that's that's not why I'm into this. I, I want to drink beer because I want to. I want to taste different things. I want to experience different things. Um, and and I I, I, I. I don't really care. I think who, who we, care, we care. Yeah. More, we care yeah. more because we feel like we've got an invested interest in beer. Um, if I buy a Mars bar, and it's you know the company's been taken, Mars has been taken over. Provided Mars still tastes the same, it costs the same, or better still, costs less. I probably don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Okay, uh, okay. I'm not saying a four pack of Mars bar for a pound. Oh no, I don't want to buy it now because it used to be one pound fifty. Okay, so, so put it into that context for me, if 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 tomorrow and it's it, I, I doubt it will happen, but if tomorrow somebody announces the takeover of Magic Rock and suddenly Cannonball tastes different, yes, I'm gonna have an issue with that because that's that's the beer that I go to time after time after time. But what if it doesn't taste different and it gets cheaper and is available more readily? I'm going to be very... I, I would... I, I've never seen that. I, I hope... <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of... I, 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 I hope for the day that... <laughs> yeah, that, that you see Cannonball on the shelves in a supermarket. I don't think it will happen, but um, yeah. for, for me it's about is, is the beer that I love is, is it still readily available and, and can does it still taste the way I want it to taste? And I, th and I think that's the difference with craft, with, with you know, companies like ours, and we're not the only one, you know, buying into, buying into uh, craft breweries, is that there is no, absolutely nothing to be gained. If, we, if, you buy, if you buy something like Goose and go, great, we bought this brand, and we're gonna change the recipe, we're gonna cut the alcohol, we're gonna do this, we're gonna totally change the beer. That is a very 1980s way of thinking about business. You're not buying a brand, you're buying the product. And there's no way you would buy a product like this and think, I'm gonna completely change it because everyone's gonna buy it just because of the label. No, people who are into craft beer are not interested 
in just the label. They're interested in the beer inside the bottle. And you can't, and you can't if you change it, you've, you've, you've missed the point of buying the company. The point of buying the company is you're buying the recipe, you're buying that quality, and you, you don't want that to change. Otherwise, there's nothing in it for you spending that money on the company. It would be crazy to, to, to buy a company like Goose Island we're going to change all the beers. That wouldn't, that wouldn't even make any sense. There needs, to be that, there needs to be that fit as well, that, that fit together. So it's not that AB InBev you know, can just go buy any brewery and that's it. The, the, the actually, as much as AB InBev wants to buy a brewery, it's actually the brewery they're buying has to fit with them. The ethos has to be the same. And, and you know, you talk about Jasper at Camden, you talk about John Hall with Goose. Uh, the, the whole thing is these guys wanted their beer to, to, you know, to, to be reached by more people. That was their concept. AB InBev could offer that whilst they're allowing autonomy. Um, and, and that fit, you know, there might be other breweries where it wouldn't fit, therefore wouldn't recommend selling or they wouldn't sell. And they're very happy to do it. No one forced them into it. It's it's a, it wasn't a hostile takeover. It was no, a very no, happy, no, that, you know, that, partnership takeover. And that, much is, that yeah. much is is obvious. But it's it's been suggested from many quarters that one one of the strategies that, that, that AB InBev employs to buy craft brands with the intention to let them fade and die away. So, so, so that they can. That would be a terrible business plan. It, it would, but so, so, what, what do you guys say to those sorts of so, comments that are frequently thrown at you on social media? Right, number one, as a businessman <laughs> myself, why would I apply for a job that I know they're going to basically strangle and kill me off? Definitely not going. You know, for me, that doesn't make any sense. You know, AB and Bev have, have seen. Um, you know, speaking from a, I, I work directly with Goose in my job, and, and I, I work directly with the guys at Chicago. I'm, I'm all about Goose, and, and for me, AB and Bev have seen there's an opportunity. You know, there, there's there are flavors of beers that they don't have in their portfolio, so of course they want to add these in. Um, and it's a growing market. It's it's such a growing market. Why would AB and Bev want to acquire, a, you know, acquire a partner with a brewery and then change everything and cheapen the recipes and kill it and turn it all pale? It, it makes no sense that then, then you know you're, you're not going to be in that market there's, four, there's over four and a half thousand breweries in the states there's one and a half thousand more in the uk plus not including all the other craft breweries around the world if you bought five or six breweries and closed them down it ain't going to make a dot of difference on the craft beer market you're not going to kill the craft beer market that is a business proposition commercially and makes absolutely no sense at all for me as well just just rolling back to the last episode where we tried brewery yard you know the reason that we can make beers like brewery yard and spend time resurrecting old recipes actually you know not all breweries can do that you know they're not money making schemes you know we're not going to make probably any money on brewery yard itself it's actually it's God more no. about bringing back styles and passion we, we we want to grow a market that you know goose on of course want to grow a market of innovation and new beer ab InBev want to grow a market of beer they want to be part of it they have been for a long time um but i mean i, I guess, the, I guess the, sorry the, i guess the question comes from though that in the uk especially you know, with camera being around for like the last 40 years, the reason they came into existence was because big beer, as it was in the UK, four, five, six breweries were buying up all the other small breweries, and generally those beers did die yeah, out. Yeah, agreed. So 60s and these, 70s these and comments, perhaps the 80s. Yeah, yeah these comments absolutely. generally come from people remembering what's happened in the past, and it probably happened in the States, I imagine, as well. I, yeah, I, I, and perhaps that did happen in the past, um, you know, in other countries as well. But I don't, I don't think that's a reasonable business proposition now. I don't, you know, buying up, you know, when the big six, we talk about the big six in the UK, seven if you include Guinness, uh, you talk about the power of those, those breweries, in the, you know, in, largely in the 70s and early 80s until lager really took over. It's a, it's a, it was a totally different market. 
and they acted uh, totally differently as well. Um, you know, they were also producing a variety of beer, varieties of beer. They were producing Carscale as well, people like Bass and, uh, and Indcoop and all these. They were producing lots of beers. You know, so perhaps they did use those kind of techniques in the marketplace. But I don't think, you know, I don't think someone like someone like a, a what we might call big big beer in your you know your Twitter users call big beer, um, they can't suddenly produce Goose IPA out of out of magic. You know, they can't produce a beer with that kind of authenticity and that kind of background and that kind of love out in the market. So you're gonna, you know, so Goose has to produce Goose. No one else can produce Goose IPA. Only Goose can. Um, and the idea of closing it down would be, you know, what on earth have you paid that money for? Because if I drink an IPA and, and AB InBev, for the sake of argument, decide to close down Goose because they want to clamp down on the craft beer movement, I'm going to be drinking another IPA. I'm not going to suddenly stop, I'm, I don't drink IPA anymore because Goose has closed down, I'll drink something else. That okay. makes no sense at all. There's four and a half thousand breweries in the US, there's, a hundred, there's one and a half thousand breweries here. There's plenty of other options. If they close down Goose, it makes no difference on my choice as a craft beer drinker. So do you think big brewers, big beer as, we, as we're using the phrase, do enough to let people know that though? I mean, I... I well, they haven't so closed, I, I don't know, have yeah, they closed down any of the breweries? I don't think we have, so... still exists. So, and perception means quite a lot to people because it's, whatever walk of life is, people use perception as a lot of their guiding thoughts and, their, and what they say is about perception, whether, whatever that might be. Um, so, but with the other they, day we haven't. We have. We've. You know, ABI have, have bought. I think. I believe it's eight breweries in the U.S. over the last since in the last five or six years. There's a, a few breweries in other parts like Camden uh, and other breweries around the world. Um, ABI is investing in them. They. They. They're great breweries that produce amazing beers, and ABI see, uh, a, you know, great prospects in them. So investing in them and getting those beers out to more people. There's no. There's no need to buy something and close it down, it'd be insane use of money. I think what you were saying about perception though, that's like, a, it's a really interesting one for me because you know, sort of starting with, with, with Goose last year and doing these events like Migration, where we're doing these events and bringing it to people and getting local people involved. There is that perception, but the amount of people you speak to and you kind of, you're talking about recipes that haven't changed, you're talking about the way that Goose is, people don't know about it. And when you talk about them, it kind of almost switches the light back on. Um, and, and that for me is about, we need to talk to more, we need to be more open and talk to more people, which is, yeah. I guess why me and Johnny and people like us have, have sort of got jobs at, at AB InBev to, to help look after these craft brands and work with them so that, you know, we, we can be more open and honest because there is no, there's no sort of skeletons in the closet, you know, this is what's happened. So how does it feel to be part of once AB, ABI and Sad Miller become one, you, you will be part of the, the world's even biggest beer company, does, does that make you feel any different about anything, uh, any trepidation or thoughts so about I mean, that? I mean, luckily for me, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm Josh, I work for Goose Island. And actually, to be fair, I, I only work for Goose. I, I work for the States, I grow over there, and to be honest, it doesn't make much difference to my job or my time. Um, yeah, I'll still be doing my same job, and, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm a Goose guy. Yeah. Yeah, for me too, I. I teach about beer, I'm a beer sommelier and Cicerone, I teach people about beer, not just our brands. We go around uh, to bars, to restaurants, to pubs, we go to um, wholesalers and distributors and sales reps, 
and I spend most of my time teaching people about beer, not just our brands, but beer, like you would go into wine school and learn about wine. Uh, you know, uh, that's my passion. I love educating people about it. I spend a lot of my time, you know, managing and being a buyer for retail and then running restaurants and pubs and bars myself. And I want to share that knowledge with people so that the customer gets a much better experience. They get a much better quality of bartender or server, can talk about beer in a, in a, in a, in a great way and really impart the, the talk about flavor. When we, when, and that's, that's not going to change for me. Um, and because that's that's my job, and that's they've invested that in me, and they've taken me from you know largely the independent sector. I've worked for small, independently owned bars and restaurants, and a small distributor, and small specialist shops, and things like that in my life. And and really, I don't see anything changing with the, with that take with that uh, merge of the two companies. Because my job is to engage with customers, uh, whether those customers be people who run bars, pubs, or whether they be the drinkers. At the end of the day, Josh and I are out there. We all can talk about our beer. Because uh, we're really, we, we, we think it's a great beer and we're happy to talk about it. And I think that's ever going to change. Barely noticed that you were happy to talk about it, to be honest. Barely noticed that so far. Oh, no, no. I've, so I'm, start I'm, the ball I'm, rolling, we don't <laughs> stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in on that actually because w one of the things that you two guys are displaying is, is absolute passion for, for what you do. You both really care uh, about what it is you're doing. And, and that, for me, that very much links into. The, the third poll that, that we ran, which, which asked the question of, is selling up the same as selling out? Um, and this was probably the one that didn't, it, it didn't get as many votes as the others, but had a lot of people commenting on it as, uh, uh, as well in terms of, got them thinking about it. And, and I've got to say, we, we had a lot of people get in touch and say, mm, I might want to change my answer to the previous two polls as a result of what you've just asked there. Um, so just, just to cover a few of the answers before we get into what, what's going to be the final beer of, of, of this marathon that, that it's turned into, <laughs> the, the, the two episodes that we've ended up doing. We're going to have a night light, light session beer as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, 143 people voted on this one, 15% um, voted yes. 32, 53% uh, voted no, and 32% voted it's none of our business. Um, and just some of those comments. So, so Dave Martin at RDG Martin said, no way you can, pre you can prevent someone from cashing in on their investment of either money or effort. Um, Miles Lambert, to be brutally honest, how can we judge simply on the facts of the sale, not knowing people's personal circumstances? Um, Joe, Joe Hill at Multiplex Rant, it's difficult to judge unless you're in that situation. If someone offered me millions for my business, I'd take it. Um, and Thomas Marshall at Essex Baller said, no, because you can set up to a group consortium and still have control, or you can sell on a partial amount and remain in charge. So, so, so those were the views on this one. And, and I suppose this is where we tried to get more personal uh, uh, about things in terms of the, the brand, the, the beers, and, and what they offer uh, to, to things. So, um, guys, what, what were your views on, on, on this one? I guess, you know, from, from when I read, read the, the question, selling up and selling out, I mean, obviously selling out has those, those negative connotations behind it. Uh, you know, even, even talking about before, about that, that point of time in John's life when, when he, he needed heavy investment to get the brewery to the next level, you know, we said before, 23 years of, of, of starting from a brew pub up to supplying beer for 23 states, John turning 70. 
it could have been an easy decision to almost just sell the, the brewery to anyone to cash in and basically back off. But that's not what John took a long time to, to you know, it wasn't just AD InBev that he'd considered. There were other options, but it seemed like the perfect fit. And, and, and that's mainly because he needed somebody that was gonna have the same passion and, and, and interest that was gonna look after the brewery. Uh, and again, as I said before, John's been in, still involved. I, I only started last year and John and me have been out on dinners and, and gone to events and danced to the Pogues a lot of times on events. By, by the way, I hate name droppers. <laughs> yeah, just for <laughs> 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 so so You've done I it now, Josh. I did read a few bits about the, uh, the block party where he, he did a bit of speaking, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of the, the bloggers, uh, Rachel Brew and uh, Halfpine Gentleman, both commented about everyone was listening to what he was saying. Yeah. About his passion for the beers, his knowledge of the beers, and just the way he came across. Jump, and yeah. like you say, he could have chucked this in. He's on a agent. beach in the, the Bahamas by now, you know. Yeah, he could have been Richard Branson on an island. <laughs> yeah. It's his passion, it's his core, it, it's within him. You know, it's been his life, and you know, it's been his life, it's been his, his son's life, and, and, it, and it continues to be. And you know, the interesting, so Block Party was, was amazing. That was the first time, we're the first country outside the US first place anywhere to take block party from Chicago and do it in, in the UK in Shoreditch. So, you know, what the hell is block party? Before you get into that, one of the beers you were doing there, I think we've got coming up. Which beer was that? You're Ooh, rushing no, into the next one. We already did the IPA. I mean, that was there. Um, <laughs> what could it be? What could it be? Has it spent time in barrel? Possibly. For one and only. Could be that one. Yeah, it might be Bourbon County Stat. Yeah, I'm going uh, to crack this over. Okay, so what is a block party? I, I, I do need to know this so because I, I still didn't get it from the, 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 the blogs I read anyway. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a big culture in Chicago. Everybody does a block party. A block party is basically, you know, it's a party on your block. Oh, it's, it's, talking it's a street party. party. If you're yeah, in England, yeah. you're, you're in the UK, party. you're on a street party. Yeah. Everybody does one. Goosan's been, you know, Goosan's block party's been happening every year for the last five years. And it's huge, hugely popular. We shut down the roads outside the brewery in the, the, the sort of, warehouse area that we operate in and we basically get great bands great local lineup great range of beers and that's it it's a cool party loads of great local producers and that's what it is um but yeah we've been been fortunate enough to to actually start the first one outside uh of chicago in shoreditch and we we had some so again same concept great bands great beer great food local yeah, food uh, little food food street vendors yeah. and we paired and we paired all the food with the beer so when you went and queued up for a burger or a pulled pork or whatever we had beers uh, available to recommend it with, you know, and it's just, it's a great fun way to, you're not, you're not sort of, it's not a, a sort of PR event where you're just sort of shoving the brand down people's throats and having, they're having a great time, having a great time listening to some fantastic music, they're getting involved with the local food producers and, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about beer there and we've got, we don't have to talk about it to the massive crowd all the time, but we've got it there with the food vendors, but downstairs in the vintage bar, uh, where Josh and I were largely based, uh, we're talking about some of the specialty beers. So we had Bourbon County Stout. Um, we had so we had some of the uh, Sour Sisters. We had a few bottles of Brewery Rock, Brewery Yard there, and it gives us a chance to really sort of talk about those beers to people. Uh, and that's where John did his uh, little talk, where you know you could hear a pin drop because you know you got one of the, the early innovators of the American craft beer movement, still going strong, talking about his beer, passionate about it. Um, you know, talking to all those bloggers and writers and, and the guys who turned up to taste the beer. It was just a fantastic moment. Yeah, so, so this is actually as well something that we're doing annually. This isn't just we did a one-off block mm -hmm. party. So block party is now 
uh, going to be happening annually, end of September. It's normally around the time, so look out for next year. But also as well, we did 3-1-2 day. So the guys in the brewery wanted to come up with, uh, you know, based on the beer, wanted to come up with their own kind of bank holiday or holiday day. So 3 one it's backwards across the UK, but it's the 12th of March. It's not the 3rd of December. But there is now going to be a 3 one day in the UK. So if you're ever wondering what to do, Check on our website, and you know we had we had the mystery jets headline an awesome gig yeah. to bring again Birmingham County on tap. So yeah, we've got a hankering. So, so, so in terms of having having that that block party and the the raised awareness of, of, of your beers, is is that something that the partnership with ABI has allowed? Is as, as that as as that giving you the opportunity to do that? It absolutely has, and that that's because it's it's a lot of investment to do these. You know, we're, we're not making money on these these block parties. We're investing because it's all about that. It's that culture of giving, which Goose Island have always, you know, we've always had it in the Chicago area. We want to take that to other cities, you know, the UK, where where we've been buying the beer for a while. I mean, it's it's created my job. I mean, without without these, you know, I, I would you're not say, complaining. I know, but I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds like a right winger, doesn't he? Before we go any further, yeah, I'm going to drink or say cheers. Okay, yeah, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Let the beer take center stage. Chocolate, I get it. huge amounts of chocolate. I get molasses. I yeah, it. sweet molasses. Yeah. It's horrible, it's obviously, everyone's silent. It's yeah. so I, just, I, I almost can't stop smiling. I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> so, coffee. I'm so happy right I'm now. I'm in the corner somewhere. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> podcast over. That is, is so good. Um, I mean, it's got, there's a velvety, smoothness to it there's all sorts of flavors going on there's there, there's chocolate there's coffee it's nice it's just so well balanced yeah it is it's, it's the right time of year coming into autumn end of summer yeah. it's lovely and and and, it, and and it's interesting if we go back to, to to one of the comments that was made on the um it was either on the previous show or it was earlier on in this show i don't know they've all kind of merged into one show, yeah. <laughs> um in in terms of people that will um, moan about your your core brands and and their ownership, but yet those same people will still queue up outside a, a supermarket in the states to buy this beer on the day of release. Yeah. That's you know that that that's got to be very conflicting for those people. Conflicting for those people, but <laughs> good for you guys because all, all conflicting for you guys as well because you're having to deal with the earlier topics we spoke about where you talked about big beers, beer has changed, all that kind of stuff. And no one said no one says no one says this is about it. No one says, oh this is changed yeah. shit oh, this year. Yeah. Oh. I'm not queuing up for this. Yeah, that, fucking that ABI, happen. what have they done to that? Yeah, beer? They that They've beer ruined that, haven't they? I, I think I think you know <laughs> Burton County has had it's just had that impact in the industry that it almost it, it's an icon. It almost doesn't matter what's happened around it. It's it's already it's it's Burton County, you know. But it's the same with this beer as any other beer. Why change something that works? And that works. Yeah, I was going to say. That, what what that year is this one? Just so, so this, is, this is 2015. So this is, uh, this is last year's batch. We haven't released 2016 yet in Chicago. That'll happen on Black Friday when we release the, the beer every year. Do you so mean Black Friday's in the... Like, last, Thursday, the last Thursday yeah, in November, before sales. Thanksgiving, so, so yeah. So we, we released this on... Well, but it's a great day if you're in Chicago. <laughs> and you're drinking bourbon candy. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. So yeah, we release it once a year. Uh, my my part, my first two months out there was to work Black Friday. So Binnie's is the uh, 
the, the specialist uh, wholesaler, that, that, sorry, the specialist retailer that sells our, our Bourbon County, we had 1,100 people queuing outside, some of them two days you before in like those mad rush with the doors open and people just suddenly no, come charging it's in. An orderly, it's an orderly queue. It's no, actually my first job. was on YouTube. Very civilised and beer. It 5.30 in the morning and was to chat to everyone about the different variants they can get that day, give them a coffee and a donut. And, but literally, these people, it was absolutely pouring rain. And these people, some of these people have been queuing for two days They've been intense. I mean, it's it's manic. For this bit, yes. How much are they to buy then? So that particular retailer, so you, how much do they know to buy once they go in? So we had 1,100 tickets. So yeah. I was literally giving out the tickets to all the guys. So you had 1,100 tickets and we do different variants. So you'd get up to two original, one of each variant for that year. So we had six that year with our rare. That's what they could get for their allotment. So Do most people buy their allotment? Not everybody. And the interesting thing really? for me... The interesting thing for me is... I'm not surprised at that. I was going to say, you're going to buy everything I can. <laughs> if you're at the front of that queue, you're going to get the lot, aren't you? I, I, I would have bought the lot. The interesting thing for me is we had extra tickets. We had, in terms of printed, but not actual amounts to give out. So we had, I had 1,101, and I was waiting in queue for that guy. That one guy. That one guy. There was two mates that were walking up, and, and the one guy got there no. first, and I was just like, I'm so sorry, mate, but, but you've missed out. And, but I got a picture of the ticket, and we sorted them out. So not everybody does. I mean, I buy my allotment. I buy the next guy's allotment plus that. That means they're queuing up to buy maybe only two bottles of beer. Some people do. Uh, well, I you would, would get it all. When you, you would, you would literally get it all. You got, but you yeah. know, yeah. some people are on a budget. I get it. Some yeah. people are on a budget, and you have to kind of respect yeah. that maybe they can't. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not a cheap beer. I mean, I remember so. listening to a podcast a little while ago where a bloke who had lived in Chicago for a while remembered when Bourbon County established used to be a six pack, a four pack, yeah. in the supermarket. You know, sitting alongside a six pack of IPA. And now you guys are doing ticketed events to release it. That's quite a change. We're producing more of it than yeah. probably back in those days. But there's quite, I mean, there's quite obviously quite a history to the, to, to the barrel aging that you guys do. So, how did it start? Why did they bother starting it? Because there can't have been anything else like that in the States. No, so I mean, it, it was actually, as we go back to, to the last episode, really, when, when Greg Hall joined in 1992. Uh, we had our IPA, our Honkers Ale was out uh, doing traditional styles. You know, Greg's first sort of uh, first goal was to do something innovative. Um, we were coming up to our 1,000th batch of the brewery, which you know is a special time for a brewery. You make a special beer, so there was barrel aging happening in the home brewing community. People were playing with it, but no commercial brewery had actually brought that to market in terms of bourbon barrel and getting the flavour from the bourbon barrel. So, so Greg was just like. You know, let's let's do it. Let's do uh, an imperial stag, uh, which we brewed to around about twelve percent, and let's put that straight to a wet bourbon barrel uh, and age it for around sort of ten months. And you know, even just to go back from that, that that kind of that that kind of light bulb moment of how do we get to that style of beer in that barrel? Greg was on a, a beer bourbon cigar, beer bourbon cigar dinner. Um, yeah, beer bourbon cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Booker No was, was, was there for, for whiskey. Yeah, for whiskey. And uh, Greg was there for, for the beer. And, mm-hmm. and they were next to each other. And Greg had this idea and sort of chat, turn, turned to Booker, you know, he's a grandson of Jim Beam, and said, What do you do with your barrels after you use them? And we managed to secure, Greg managed to secure six. We were still at the, the, the Clybourne Brew Pub. We got six sent in, freshly emptied. So the original Bourbon County stand was Jim Beam. The original barrel. barrels, six original, barrels yeah. from Jim Beam came in. And, and these barrels are wet in terms of they have devil's cut in them. You know, the guys are sent up to yeah. half a gallon of the, the previous occupant in there and we just pitched straight on the top. 
and then we'll age it for, for, for that 10 months and, and it's in an untemperature regulated environment um, so you'll, you'll get the kind of Chicago's great really cold winters, really warm summers those staves uh, are contracting they're expanding, they're contracting expanding, contracting, you're getting lots of flavour in and out you're actually bringing oxygen in as well which in normal beer terms is bad but in a, in a high ABV beer yeah, very slow, slow ageing yeah, absolutely Yeah, and, and it's great, and you, you pick up those, those raisin flavours so, so actually, we entered this beer into the Great American Beer Festival uh, or the, the guys did at the time and uh, we got disqualified um, because you know, there wasn't a, if I remember correctly, there's no category at the time. There wasn't yeah. a category at the time, but the, the, the judges that were taking notes were just like desiccated coconut, vanilla, you know, coffee, things you roastiness, things you'll get, and they were like, this beer is amazing. Tastes this, like whiskey. This, this is this is so <laughs> different. I've not had flavors like this in beer yeah. before. Yeah. Doesn't it's not true to style. Unfortunately, we can't give it an award, but this should win gold in something. And it opened up that style. Uh, you know, the following years later. Yeah, I, I love that comment. It's not true to style. We, 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 sometimes styles. we are so inhibited <laughs> by styles that we should just let that go and if the beer tastes good it just tastes good. go with and it it's the yeah. interesting thing yeah. when you're I, I, I've, I've done a little bit of beer judging I was at European Beer Star this year and it's and we were talking about uh, it's based in Munich and it's really interesting you're talking about uh, we were told brief beforehand as the judges panel to say if you let a gold medal win a beer like a classic German Pilsner and that's you think that might be dry hop with a modern German hop? You are changing the style guidelines right here. So it's also that it's that element of staying true to the traditional style, but it's also for the judges to decide what's allowed in terms of innovation. Mm -hmm. Does it deserve a new beer style? And that's the thing with Bourbon County is that it did create uh, a new beer style in that cat in the in the beer judging categories. Yeah, because uh, it really was innovative in its use of barrel aging, and that, and that comes back to you were talking about. I think in the last episode, I think the Belgians have something to say about yeah. that. We, uh, and in the UK, we've aged beer in barrels for many, many centuries. Um, but this was innovative in the fact it was the first commercial beer aged in what we would like to, like to call, I like to call active barrels. Yeah, yeah. So the barrel is actively giving you uh, flavour into the, into the beer, whether that's from the wood itself, the vanillins, the tannins from the oak, or whether that's from the bourbon whiskey, whatever other barrel you mm -hmm. might want to use. Obviously, we're using bourbon here. And that generates flavour and adds something special to the beer. We have aged beer in, in wood for years, but brewers have been at massive pains to make sure that that, beer, that wood has been totally inactive and inert. It doesn't offer any flavor into the beer other than that sort of, other than originally a storage, but now we understand about the workings of sort of micro-oxidization and, and that part of the aging process. So in, in, the, in terms of barrel innovation, you know, using an active barrel with, you know, half a gallon of, uh, half a gallon is about four liters, I think, in, uh, in new money um, of bourbon, in that wood, you know, you know, getting into the beer and giving it some sort of magic flavour, which, which has provided us with Bourbon County, and you know, and, and most breweries, most craft breweries in the states and the UK and other countries now, many of them will produce a barrel aged imperial stout or barrel aged barley wine yeah. we, we using rum, well, Irish whiskey, right. Scotch whiskey, yeah. whatever it might be. You want to That'd introduce those flavours into amazing yeah. beer and to generate another level of well, flavour. We've even turned it full circle and started doing whiskey in beer. Yes, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have one so, at home. Yeah, yeah. So we have gone full circle on that. I mean, I'm I'm a big whiskey fan myself. Is it the Grants or Glenfiddich? I think have an yeah. cart finish. Yeah. So you think actually it's gone a long way. What, sorry, just for a purely statistical, what percentage does Bourbon County pitch up at? So it goes in at about eleven point nine, twelve percent. It goes up to about fourteen point two. It picks up, but 
the ABV can vary year to year, but it's around 14 points. Okay, so we're red wine. Yeah, red wine strength. It's not, it's not mind blowing for, for you know drinkers of, for of me, most beer, no. beer and wine. It's uh, so but it's in terms of in terms of this year, yeah. from from 2016 onwards, it's going to be pasteurised. Yeah. Now what what and, and obviously there have been as always yeah. people that have had no, a, a view on, no. on on that fact that oh it's going to change the beer it's going to destroy the beer da 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 da. Um, what what were the decisions behind? pasteurizing this beer and do, do you guys think it's going to affect that the flavor of it in any way so the, you know we know it's not going to affect the flavor because we, we this is not just a, a we changed our decision there's a lot of thought process and investment in this you know last year 2015 we, we had some we had some issues you know we, we've been doing this now for over 20 years and it's the first time that we've ever had you know, it was a lacto that, that got into the beer and you know I, I drank some of those beers that had it for me they, they had an acidity in there that you know wasn't for me like it wasn't not un, it wasn't unpleasant but it wasn't true to style so we had to put that aside um, and the guys have worked on a lot this year and, and you know yes we're pasteurizing 2016 um, the reason for that is that you, you, you're basically killing the, the kind of the bacteria that can be there but actually, it's not going to affect flavour. We've done triangle blind tasting with uh, with panels outside of the brewery. Nobody has picked up the flavour differences. And actually, in terms of ageing the beer as well, which can be another thing, it's not affecting the ageing of the beer because actually it's the oxidisation that, that provides that ageing for Bourbon County Stout. So. You know, it's not. I think if you tip out of bourbon cans, there's not all the yeast in the bottom at all. It's not like it's like bottle condition with lots and lots of yeast or anything. It's not. It's because of the high ABV that actually it's the oxidization that provides the aging. So the aging will age the same. And the other side of it as well, we've actually. Sorry, what's the benefit then of leaving it in the bottle? So say you've got, I don't know. I presume that Goose Island, you've probably got. In, in my head, you've got this magical cellar which has every bourbon county stout. Every I, d- I can see that cellar as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's like a magical crystal. So when you cave. Yeah. The so yeah, 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 yeah. We have yeah, a we have a past. You don't have a past. No, no. 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 Oh, okay. no. Damn. Um, so does it change with age in the bottle? Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and that's exactly it. it's the oxidisation that provides that aging character to the beer, and that that's still going to happen. The beer is still going to get those. Those flavors going to age the same. It's going to have these these same flavor notes as it ages. So do these again? Do these beers, as well as aging, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a crown. Do, yeah, do they increase in value? Because of uh, to liken it in the UK, Fuller's Vintage Ales over the last couple of years, they've so increased it. Yeah, I know. I have much. a couple of boxes of them. It's I think. Maybe I should. And yeah. the value, say from the nineteen ninety seven one, is now over five hundred quid. So, so for us at Goose, uh, you know, the, the way we, we put our beers into the market, we put the, the beers into the market at. We, we don't uh, suggest retail price. We don't, we don't, you know, it's not that we don't back increases. It, that's up to the vendor. They do what they want to do. We sell everything in at a base level and, and you see what you get. The market takes over. places where they, they have charged more, but we, we don't ever recommend to people. There is no ladder of what you can charge right. for. So, but if I wanted, say someone decided they were going to sell their seller's work, mm. what would... Are you, are you valuing your seller here? I'm going to is, is that essentially yeah, what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah. someone who does and what's their number? I do, I don't want their passes. Yeah. Very, very soon. <laughs> what would it go for? Is there a, is there a value attached to it though? For? Say the original. Aged Bourbon County. For what age? I mean, Starting we don't, as I think as Josh said, we don't really get involved with any of those 
if it sells, it's like it's like anything. If, if someone's prepared to, yeah. if someone on eBay or wherever, I don't even know if it's legal to sell alcohol on eBay, but if someone on eBay <laughs> wants to pay a hundred dollars, a hundred pounds, whatever it might be, for a bottle of bourbon candy, then that's I guess what the market says is worth. It's nothing to do with us, and we don't really get involved with it, other than selling it initially when we release it. Absolutely, and actually, that, there's a bottle up on the shelf here at the White Horse. Sorry, we're in the White Horse Parsons Green, and there's a. What he says, it's a bottle. It's an empty bottle. It's an empty I'm bottle. I'm sorry, <laughs> and I should have brought it up. Don't, don't be clambering over it and fighting over that there's bottle. There's a bottle up there. First to get it gets to drink it. No, it's 2010. That's our rare version with Happy Van Winkle barrels. You know, aged for for two years on 23 year old barrels. Really very limited and rare. Personally, if I, if I found a, a bottle of that unemptied and I wanted to buy it, I would probably pay money for it that, that other people think was stupid um, because I, I want to try it. I want to try it. Um, yeah. And that's me personally outside of my job. But I, I, can, I couldn't put a figure on that because actually I probably, yeah. Probably I, mean, I quite like the fact that you don't. Yeah. But like I said, it started to creep in over here where value is being attached and we're being told what Yeah, I mean, is. it depends who you're told by because it certainly wouldn't be told by us because we sell it. At the beginning, when it's released, and, and if the, and if some if yeah, some so guy in wherever, what, what are you prepared to pay? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I think it's an interesting one because a, a, a year ago, I think it was probably a year ago where we started to see, as you say, this a certain amount of value attached to the Fuller's vintage beers. Yeah. So will that impact on people buying them this year? So are you going to buy more this year because you know how rapidly they're going to go up? But by the fact of you buying more, is that going to reduce their value? Are you buying in a, it? Depends if, if you're a drinker, and this is the same thing with them, whether you buy whiskey or wine or, 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 or beer that's going to age. Are you buying it as an investment or are you buying it because you want to drink it? For drink. me, I've got I've got loads of Fuller's <laughs> Vintage Ale. I've got loads of Fuller's Vintage Ale. I, you know, I'm working for with Goose now. I will I will collect as many bottles as I can possibly get my hands on. And you know what's going to be for me and my friends? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll never sell a bottle. Yeah. Because I don't want to buy to invest. If Why someone would you wants buy to buy and age something, or even buy some age me, just to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. You would. That's pointless. Absolutely. But be giving it away. And actually, I want a bloody taste. The reason it's been sat in my cellar for three years, I want to see how that thing tastes. Yeah. yeah but I've some people will buy it. Jail yeah. 2000 at home, and I've told my son, because he was born in 2000, we're going to have it then. He will hate it, which means I get the whole lot to myself. When he's, <laughs> yeah. when he's how old? 18. Well, you're following a great British tradition of majority ales. Do you know about majority ales? No. So, sort of, rather sort of more wealthy people had a special, very strong beer brewed on the birth of usually a son uh, back in, you know, you're talking about sort of 1800s and perhaps uh, before then as well. So strong beer that they, would, that they would brew on the birth of a son and they would age for 21 years. Obviously the old age, yeah. the old coming of, age. Uh, coming of age and used to be called your majority, reaching your majority at 21 and you would tap that uh, that barrel at 21 and celebrate your son's 21st birthday. Okay, I didn't so, know you, so, so you are, so you are, you are three years then. No, so you're following age. a fantastic tradition, <laughs> uh, you know, great British tradition of, of brewing a majority ale. Obviously you didn't brew it, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, down. Let's, let's, let's just try and start to wrap this thing up now. Um, final thoughts on the, 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 the Bourbon County. Bloody amazing. It's everything I hoped it would be. It's, it's got that sort of thick mouthfeel as well. Feels like you should sip it, even though you could drink it a lot quicker. You force yourself to sip it. Aroma, lovely. Chocolate, sweet molasses, loads of those dark flavours. But it hasn't got that overt sweetness. I, I don't get a burn to it either. I, I just I get a really, I get a really, yeah. a really balanced beer. And it's, it's, it's one of those beers that you want to sit in front of a great big roaring open fire. 
in a ridiculously huge brandy glass <laughs> oh. and, and, and just and en- just enjoy it over the course of and an I, evening. And I think Maybe a lot of two evenings. A lot of people say talk about food pairings with this and we might have tried lots of things, but for me, if I could sit in front of a, a roaring fire with a, like, you could smoke a cigar or a pipe with this. You can nah, imagine this I'd is a perfect... Cigar food, like, yeah, absolutely. I've done chocolate. I actually, uh, at the block party, I got a Southeast Cakery made a bourbon cactus that cake the butter icing gave them a, a little amount too and it was unbelievable it's very very good um yeah you do not want to see can't, the can't, face can't, can't right talk right now, now. <laughs> uh, over that yeah. um okay um final question then guys um really appreciate you spending two episodes with us talking about the the, the beers that goose island produce um what's next for, for, for goose island what what else can we expect to see in the UK in the coming months, years? I suppose the, the biggest thing that we're you know, glad to announce is that we're going to be doing Black Friday in the UK. So, uh, Bourbon County Stout 2016 Hello. is coming Hello. to where, the UK. Where do, we, where do we queue up for that? What yeah, that? yeah. Jump, what, jump what shop do I need to be outside so, of? So, we haven't locked that down yet. We've got an idea. But actually, jump onto the website because we will announce it on there. Onto our Facebook page. We're being reliably informed. <laughs> it's no, oh, nothing like sorry. comments from the back of the room at this yeah. point, is there? Back, backseat podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Somebody knows what they're doing <laughs> rather than us two reprobates. Yeah. Yeah. That bourbon cat has got to So jump onto our Facebook page and we'll let you know. But actually, we're doing Black Friday here. There will be a little, and I mean limited. So what I'm saying, there is a limited amount. You know, we're not trying to emulate these queuings. There is a limited amount. You know, obviously, of what's happened last year, we weren't even looking to get any bourbon cat in 2016. But, but we managed to secure some, so, okay, so rock up for that. Uh, and so, so around that week, there's going to be some cool bourbon county stat things happening. You know, moving into next year, we're going to be doing block party. That's going to be at the end of September. It's going to be a great music festival. We're going to do three one two day. Um, and you know, actually as well. And also, a, I mean, but apart from that, on the more mainstream side, we've got we've loose, uh, just released three one two in cans. We've got uh, Goose uh, Greenline Pale Ale just coming out and uh, Four Star Pilsner. People are going to start seeing uh, around. So those are sort of new, just adding to the adding to the range. Will, will the restaurants start coming in cans as well, or will it just be? We've got some of the now? things coming in cans, so we'll we'll release that information when we have yeah. when, when we when we have it in uh, IPA is going to definitely be in cans. I was going to say that's that's um, the obvious, surely. Yeah. So it's going to be IPA in two and two of the first cans yeah. uh, we want to introduce. Martin, I know you've. We, we do a normal, uh, a regular roundup of blogs yeah. on, on the show. Um, I know there's been a few that have been, that you've got in your bank related to, to, to this evening. And do you want to just give them a shout out? Yeah, well, um, obviously a lot of the time, you know, especially like tonight, a blog inspired a lot of what we talked about. So, you know, from Justin, it was his blog that got us thinking about this. Yep. Tom contacted you and here we are. What hasn't happened before is that one of our opinion polls or a series of opinion polls has inspired a blog. Yes, we, we, which and we had a someone, first. Someone has yeah. actually managed to write a blog based on our opinion polls over the last three days. <laughs> so uh, Ruth, uh, uh, who writes under Beer Fairy Blogs, has managed to write, she, apparently she couldn't write everything she wanted to say in three lots of 140 characters for each poll, and she's managed <laughs> to write what has actually come to three pages <laughs> of A4. Pages, a4 yeah. um, <laughs> And she's managed. She's written about all of the uh, the polls and her thoughts on it. So she's been very pragmatic all the way through it. Um, and and it caught my eye because she's mentioned Untapped on it as well and given Beer O'Clock Show a shout out. So, so um, ticks all the boxes. Uh, <laughs> so the, link to her, the link to her blog will be in the uh, the show notes as well. So 
her, it was called Opinions on Opinions. So that was quite good. Um, and just to reiterate that Justin's one was called uh, The Moral High Ground, Shades of Grey, and that's on Get Beer, Drink Beer. Um, London Beer Blog by PJ McCary at Brew Geekery also inspired a bit about the uh, historical beer styles. And a couple of ones about the actual uh, brewery uh, block party, which until you explained it to me, which is really obvious when you, you said it. Um, <laughs> so from um, uh, Ruth and Matt, they both did blog, blog posts on that, and the links to those will be in the show notes as well. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I just want to say, I just want to, I suppose, end this evening by really thanking everybody that got involved in the, the, the three polls that we did, because normally we, we just did one poll, but people kept engaged over the three evenings. And, and obviously we purposely kept it ambiguous yep. because we didn't want people to form an opinion before they had an opinion. Uh, I, I suppose so um, it's been an interesting experience for us guys we've really appreciated sitting here with you over the two shows and talking about the beers talking about the background to the beers and and, and literally you know you guys have been really open so so, so thank you for that um, if anybody still wants to get involved in this discussion just um, you, you know where we are tweet us use a hashtag yeah. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on these two shows and and generally so so thanks to Josh and, and, and Johnny thank you very Enjoy much for this evening really enjoyed it cheers, cheers. 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 cheers.